0: hey what's up everybody this is craig Perra. i am craig Perra, and you are listening to sex afflictions and porn addictions the place where you learn to embrace your power of choice that's what this whole thing is about i mean that that's that you want to break free you want to not do the thing you want to create a better life for yourself you need choice You need choice. And so I want to talk to the ladies today. I want to talk to the partners. As many of you know, we have a free support group on Facebook that's staffed or moderated by our two female coaches, Sandy and Tara, two incredible women who, through their husbands' compulsive sexual behavior, problematic sexual behavior, sex addiction, porn affliction, intimacy disorder, sexual authenticity disorder. To me, almost all of them better names than sex addiction and porn addiction. And through that journey, they had the opportunity to connect with me. They needed help. They were struggling. How do I deal with him? How do I deal with him? I said, how do you deal with him? How do you deal with you? How do you create your own happiness? Let's take a side of talking about him. What about you? And both of those women were receptive to that message. And in that journey, they dove deep inside themselves and created an incredible level of happiness for themselves they started to own that peace, and no longer were dependent upon their spouse for validation affirmation that's nice that's really nice that's great but they empowered themselves and that i find is the biggest challenge in working with the pop the, the partner community for many 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 reasons Many, many, many reasons. So we have an accountability, action-oriented, goal-centric free group on Facebook for partners and for men. So if any of you want in on that conversation, then please email support at themindfulhabit.com. Support at themindfulhabit.com and be sure to mention you want in the addict group or the partner group. No sneaking. I say that because every once in a while I get some odd requests. That's the nature of being in this business. People are struggling. People are suffering. And uh, sometimes that uh, gets to better them. A, lot, a number of people have lost their way. So, whew, gosh, where do I start? There's so much pain. So much pain. And, and and all I you know, how do I know? Well, I know what I put my wife through. I want to be, you know, clear on this is that I did all these things that, that that you are complaining that your husband's about. Lied, cheated, manipulated, gaslighted, um, tricked. Oh, I'm not doing I'm not doing that. Are you crazy? What is wrong with you? Are you serious? I mean, is this what you think's going on? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what was going on. Like the partners don't know. And well, look, let, me, let me say this before I jump in. I am generalizing here. What I say may not apply to you. Please do not take offense. I am aggregating all of the information that I have accumulated over the years and have identified a number of significant noteworthy important trends that i want to share with you today as i answer your questions because a number of the partners in the group said craig please answer these questions for me so i'm going to do that we're going to go through it one by one right down the list and but but this it may not apply to you please don't take offense Please don't take offense. I hope you know that my heart is in the right place. It is so difficult to talk about accountability and owning your stuff in this population. He, 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 he. And that's important. You've got, some of you have children together. Some of you may own a home together. Some of you may have known each other for many, many years. That's what I call legacy, a history of togetherness. And you go to sleep one night, thinking your life maybe is at best okay. And then it often happens, you wake up, you discover something, your sky isn't blue, it's now green. What? Your reality has been shattered. The person you thought was X, the variable X, is why? The letter Y. Who you thought you knew, you didn't. But the truth is, deep down inside, you've always had suspicions that either something was amok, but beyond the suspicions, here's something that many of you knew. Again, generalizing and aggregating that you were unhappy. If you stop right now and close your eyes and reflect on pre-discovery, pre-disclosure, maybe you weren't skipping through the meadow with rainbows and unicorns and, and glitter sparkling all over the place and everybody's happy, lovey, lovey, little house on the prairie. You were very, very, very unhappy. And what I want to talk about today is answer your questions. I'm going to answer some of the questions that you incredible, powerful women who are in pain right now. Most people join this group at or around disclosure. Disclosure is when you learn for the first time or discovery, discovery or disclosure. When you learn for the first time that your husband is either compulsively watching pornography or cheating. And by the way, there is a difference. There is a difference. I do not subscribe to the notion that physically cheating is the same as pornography, but make absolutely no mistake, both can be impactful, but there is a difference. There is a big difference, in my opinion. I know there are people who disagree. That's what makes this wonderful world go round. And in working with partners... I have discovered a number of important realities, a number of important um, uh, opportunities, trends, habits. I'm obsessed with studying habits and patterns. And I'm going to share those with you at the end of this podcast. So you got to listen and stick around to the end because I'm going to share something that I rarely share publicly, really charged. Um, that i rarely share publicly but i want to talk about that our first question i'm going to abbreviate the first name it's uh ss do you feel that a sex addict specifically porn can stop on his own accord without any outside help at all aside from his wife yes yes in fact if you google um, when I was learning about the efficacy of twelve steps, as you know, as those of you who are listening, I do not subscribe to the disease-based model. I treat it like a buffet—take what's best. The so maybe some tips and tools on not doing the thing. The community engagement of twelve steps, surrendering, powerless, long-term identification with the problem is deeply problematic for me, and and I believe the science supports that the efficacy of 12 steps is poor. The efficacy of 12 steps treating sex addiction, by the way, Google it, Bill W. the sex addict. I'm just, I'm not, listen, I have personal friends whose lives have been saved by this model. So we can't take away the power. We can't take away the lives that have been saved, how this contributed to the evolution of addiction. But you find me one thing we're doing today that is the same as what we did 80 years ago. In terms of mental health, you find me one thing. There have been dramatic improvements and advances. And so I want I stand on their, proudly stand on their shoulders. But in researching the efficacy of 12 steps, I learned that many people stop on their own for alcohol and drugs, and the same is true for porn. So the answer to that question simply is yes. Yes. How many? Don't know. Those people call me. Can they stop on their own? Absolutely not. All right. Here's another question from AWS. I'm using the abbreviations. I could say their first names, but I'd rather not. Can you please explain that the way and amount they think about women is not normal or okay, contrasted with how you and others think about them now and how normal men think about them? Normal men. What the heck does that mean? Including why it's not okay to think like that, objectifies humans, disrespectful to your spouse, makes you worse in bed, makes you sexually want your wife less. And how will this change in treatment? See, this is one of the reasons why I do not support, adhere to, and frankly, have evolved the disease-based model with the mindful habit system. Okay, Because not doing the thing has absolutely nothing to do with sexual authenticity. A colleague of mine in the sex-positive community coined the phrase sexual authenticity disorder. He works with men exploring their kink who may have sexual interests that are different. Different doesn't make them bad, by the way. Uh Uh-uh. Different doesn't make them bad. Both of your sexual needs in the relationship are valid. We are men. We are women. They are different. They are different. Please do not porno- pornify all of your men's desires. Very, very, very unhealthy. Very unhealthy. The journey towards sexual authenticity, which is the journey that all of my men are, is forces them. To reflect on, look at those tits. Holy shit! I want to fuck the shit out of her. Look at that ass. Holy, how much does she cost? Like there is an objectification of women that started as soon as we, as men, were told, "Don't peek, don't look." So, as mommy covered up, sister covered up, we knew that looking at those colored hues in the chest, those nipples. Oh. And then you've got a multi-billion dollar advertising industry commoditizing the female human body, sexualizing. Well, not sexualizing. Of course, it's sexy. But they're commoditizing, objectifying, selling products with butts and breasts and sex. It's everywhere, absolutely everywhere. So this journey forces man to look in the mirror and say, hmm, What is my authentic sexuality? How do I align that sexuality with my integrity, with my morals, with my spiritual belief? Can you be a sex god? Please your partner and not objectify and oogle and go Google Gaga every time you see a pair of tits? Yeah, of course you can. Of course you can. Can you um allow and i'm talking to the men right now who are listening can you allow the fact that your energy will shift ladies by the way our triggers are biologically hardwired there's no place where we're not going to notice there's no place where we're not going to notice it's what you do with that energy It's what you do with that energy. Well, he was looking down, then he looked up and he saw the woman. And then what did he do? He put his head back down. He put his arm around me, whispered in my ear that he loved me. That's the reality that we're looking for. But if you're looking for a place, ladies, where these triggers go away, then you're listening to the wrong podcast that triggers are biologically hardwired, and I tell my men, do you really think, because a lot of them have come in where they've felt shame for their triggers, shame for their thoughts, decades of programming, you dirty, disgusting human being, how could you think that? How could you do that? How could you look like that? Do you really think there's going to be a place where that energy isn't going to shift when you see the three girls walking down the street in the bikini? Now, the choice is, is what you do with that energy. Do you use that energy to move towards your partner, move towards love, to wake up, to not oogle and objectify? So this movement towards how normal men think about them, I, I listen, I just know we've got an advertising industry that is using sex to sell us everything from deodorant to hamburgers to cars to things that have absolutely nothing to do with sex. So normal, I think we do live in a society, normal is objectifying. Normal is oogling. Normal is commoditizing the female body. Holifying, meaning the female body is holes to be inserted for male pleasure. Right, there's a certain component of that, a prominent component of that in our society today. Now, the gift, you ask how this will change with treatment, the gift is, the gift is is that this crisis of men who have lost control of their sexuality, who lack sexual authenticity, is how do you want to treat women? How do you want to look at women? Do you want to be like the slave to your eyes every time you see a woman like you were back in grade school? <laughs> or do you want to be a man, however you define it? My masculinity is not running rampant, trigger, look, Google, Google, God, back and forth, like going crazy, like a pinball. Like some of you guys are, and ladies, some of your partners are. So this realization that I have a problem, my sexuality isn't authentic. It is not a natural expression of my energy that's making my life better. In fact, it's making it worse. It's having a dramatic impact on my relationship, my career, my finances, health, hobbies, my spirituality. So how this changes with some treatment Treatment that has a sexual authenticity component. Treatment that has an intimacy disorder component. Because here's the problem. Oh, look, I stopped doing the thing. Yeah, but your life still sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. This isn't about not doing something. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not about not doing something. Not doing the thing is going to get you to first base, you're only a third of the way there using the baseball analogy. Hey, really happy for my Cubs fans, by the way, as a former, well, still a Red Sox fan. I know what many, many losses are like, and uh, I just got some friends who are feeling so wonderful, and I'm so happy for them. So the, this crisis forces men to grow up, forces men to mature their sexuality forces men to become the best version of themselves because here's the reality ladies gentlemen here's what i tell everybody who calls here's the good news the good news is that you have a chance to turn this shithole both of you and it requires work from both of you one of the biggest myths in this work is let him get help wait a minute wait a minute there's a whole bunch of reasons why the relationship went off the rails This isn't blame, but this is accountability and reality. One of the biggest myths is just, just a guy needs treatment. Not true, particularly with porn. Particularly with porn. I've worked with so many couples, couples all over the world. And not once have I found a place where two people were bringing their baggage, their stories, their dysfunction into the relationship. That's tough to say sometimes, but it's true but it's true because I'm all about moving people forward and that requires me to be honest with them and not to coddle. i got to be gentle. i got to be kind. I've got to be loving, empathetic, and supportive and my ladies know that I am. I've earned that credibility with them. But it's hard and it takes time and it takes time. So that was what changed with treatment, a being who becomes sexually authentic, whose sexuality expresses himself in a healthy way that lifts him up instead of brings him down brings him down brings him down so um thank you aws for that question oh we got a big one here and we got a big one here and we might have to come back to this too all right so uh one more loaded one please explain why their spouse stopped wanting sex with them Because sex changed. Maybe they stopped looking her. Maybe they only wanted to do it from behind, hit it and quit it. Maybe they wanted to do kinky stuff. Whatever it was, it lacked intimacy and turned her off. She probably couldn't put her finger on it, but something was wrong and missing. How will this change with treatment? And how, why their spouse most likely changed over the years in a subconscious reaction to their lack of true intimacy. Most likely gained weight withdrew, loss of sexual appetite for them, suffered from depression, or worse, crawled deeper into a shell. She did not know something was wrong, but she knew something was off. And she knew something was wrong with her. Right? She knew that. She knew that she wasn't being the best version of herself. Forget about him for a second. Forget about him for a second. When you subscribe to the principle that we are responsible for our own happiness, right? you see that in the memes, you see that? Listen, if we want happiness, we've got to create it for ourselves. It can't be dependent upon others. Although others can enhance that happiness, when others take away from that happiness, then we have to decide what type of boundary we want to create. What type of barrier do we want to create? And, create, and sometimes that includes breach, termination. The ultimate boundary, relationship ends. And so in, in Allison's question here it's such a good one because it plots the evolution and here's the thing i've come up with this little mantra that 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 applies to me and maybe it applies to you and in my work i so often encourage my clients to don't think binary and they ask me craig is did he do it because of this reason that reason and that reason i said no no don't think yes or no probably all three probably all three, but here's where I like binary. Binary is yes or no, zero or one, kind of a little computer thing, is that are you moving towards love? You're either moving towards love or you're moving away from love. Moving away from love. And so what you will find, regardless of how dysfunctional and impactful your partner's behavior was, and here later on it says, would also be imperative with this question to explain why the S.A. is absolutely not her fault in any way, no matter what the situation was. So when we say the S.A. is absolutely not her fault, Allison, do we mean the his egregious, disgusting, lying, cheating behavior? Yeah, of course that's not any. You can't own that. There's no. You can't shoulder that responsibility if someone's going to be that disrespectful, have that level of disregard. But if you if you asked a question, if you would say it this way, I would completely disagree. It's also imperative with this question to explain why the state of the relationship is absolutely not her fault in any way, no matter what the situation was. I can't agree with that statement, Allison, I can't. I can't because in working with hundreds of couples all over the world, different demographics, different cultures, different religious backgrounds, at the end of the day you find two people bringing their own baggage, dysfunction, insecurities, irrationalities, projections, root cause, unmet needs into the relationship. So while I absolutely agree with this statement, you're not responsible for him going screwing around and doing things that he said he wasn't going to do. But if you take the actions off the table and look at the relationship, there is accountability for everyone. And that's one of the most difficult things that I teach. And I need to say this too. I need to say this too. I know how you have suffered. I know the pain, the void, the vulnerability, the loneliness, the shock, the trauma that you're experiencing. I don't want to do anything, 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 anything to take away from that. In fact, you need to actually go into that, bring awareness to that. Don't stuff that stuff down. The sooner that comes up, the better off you're going to be. But when you bring it to the relationship, there's two people in that relationship. And two people bear responsibility for its demise. While you have absolutely no responsibility for what he did. I mean, listen, and, and what, I'm, what, what, what I mean by that is, like, like we got this blaming thing. Is it, you know, is it, is, it's never, you know, I hear this all the time, it's never the partner's fault. And I've criticized or, or, or coached, both Tara and Sandy on the group, nothing you did was you know, possibly wrong that contributed. I said, how do you know that that's true? How do you know that that's true? But it's a common default. It's a common default. One of the biggest problems of the addiction-based model, and I'm going to talk specifically about porn addiction, what happens is it creates a one-up, one-down dynamic in the relationship. The one up is the spouse. The one down is the addict. And by the way, that pattern is also reinforcing, revisiting issues that virtually every man that I work with has with either authority or specifically their mother. So you've got this one up, down, down, one up, one down dynamic, and you fix your problem. You fix your problem. Nothing. I got no. Nope. Let me know when you're done. And I'm being a little light, trying to bring a little levity, a very serious situation. I hope no one takes that as disrespect. But that is one of the biggest myths. That is one of the biggest myths in our work, that the spouse has no work to do, and that they wouldn't benefit profoundly with that work. In fact, we're creating an online program for the partner to drive that accountability, to put them in charge of their destiny, to empower them to use this crisis— to become the best version of themselves. Because if you are on any other path, I don't think that's right. Listen, I've talked to many of you women. You women are strong. You women are powerful. You have overcome significant challenges in your life that brought you to this place. We've got to channel that power. Channel that accountability. Channel that energy into you creating the best you. And here's what happens. You start creating the best you. If your partner's like, I I don't need any help. I don't have a problem. You start becoming the best you. Guess what happens? He either steps up or you want him going. The other way around. You want to go do your thing? You go do your thing. You go do whatever you want. The scariest moment for me, ladies, and gentlemen, because I want you to know, brothers, when this comes, you better stuff it up fast because your relationship is over. Ladies, the biggest wake-up call for me is Michelle says, God damn it, do whatever the hell you want. I am done. And she went out with her friends. No tears, no... Boy. And listen, how many tears did she cry? She's right behind me. She's ready to whack me. Um... I'm not making fun. I'm just saying, like there was the tears, the tears, the tears, the pain, right? And and, and we manipulators, we like that. That says you're still in it. You still care. We still gotcha. Not all. I'm generalizing, but there's, you know, you know your man. You know. And she once once she said, "Fuck this. I am not going to let anybody define my happiness. If this works, great. If it doesn't, great." I will get a job. I will be the best version of me. I will continue to be the best mother that I can be. Fuck him. Her words. And that was scary. I don't even like talking about it. I don't even like talking about it. gives me the willies, the heebie-jeebies. It was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, she's gone. She is gone. And I was like a punch in the gut. And then a punch in the face. Holy shit. I can't do this anymore. She has checked out. So brothers, when your partners stop yelling when they stop complaining about the porn and stop, what are you doing, what are you watching, what do you, that? Blah blah, 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 When they stop, they check out and they start focusing on them. If you do not turn it up and become the best version of yourself, then your relationship is in trouble. Your relationship is in serious trouble. So, ladies, I want you to keep that in mind. The reacting is part of the cycle. right? You're, you're, you're both doing this dance. Stop dancing. Stop dancing. And what Allison described here about she gained weight, she withdrew, lost of sexual appetite, suffered from depression or worse, crawled deeper into a shell, was because she did not prioritize her happiness. And that's so... True is for you mothers out there, right? How many of you live for other people? And you finally get to a place, though, where you realize that, wait a minute, if I don't prioritize me, this ship doesn't run. This ship doesn't run. I'm unable to, I, I, me first, because what lesson do I want to teach my children? You've got to take care of you. And so through this, the relationship has dissolved, because for many, 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 many years, for a variety of different reasons, one being relationships are really, really hard. Relationships are really, really hard. And look at how relationships may have been modeled for us. Right, look at what is your relationship training. Right, for those of you who are professionals, you've been to school, right, you've got training in this field or you've got training in this subject. What is your relationship training? Go back to baby. What is the training that you received? And then we're expected to make a long term committed monogamous relationship and work in a hypersexualized society with temptation lurking around every corner. And all the struggles and challenges and perils, you are either moving towards love in your relationship or you are moving away from love in your relationship. So I want you to keep that in mind. And strategically, And and most beneficially for you, my dear partners, is when you start to focus on you, one of two things is going to happen. One, you're going to live a better life and you're going to be happier. Guaranteed. Number two is you, he's going to either shit or get off the pot. He's going to start doing something. Or he's not. And then you'll have a pretty good idea of what your next step is. So many people ask me, "How do I confront him? How do I show him the impact of the porn? How do I show him how the compulsive sexual behavior is like ruining his life and destroying our marriage?" If you can't, if he doesn't see that, you're never going to convince him of that. Again, generalizing, right? Some of you may, but most of you won't. Here's what I recommend that the partners do: is to focus on your happiness. I am not happy. You are not pleasing me sexually. Our relation, our interactions are marred by discord, anger, disrespect. And I just want you to know that that's making me unhappy. And the reality is, partner, husband, boyfriend, fiance, you're not the man I thought you were. I don't feel like you are have a zest for life that you're aggressively pursuing success in your career, your finances, your health, your hobbies, certainly not your relationships, and certainly not your spirituality to the extent that's relevant for you. Focus on the other areas of his life, the other areas where it's obvious that he is underachieving, because I've never met a quote-unquote sex addict or a porn addict that wasn't profoundly underachieving in all facets of their life. Haven't met one yet. Now, different degrees of impact, sure. But every single man that I've ever worked with, that I've ever spoken to, are you firing on all cylinders? Because I have to ask this question sometimes too. I say, what if your partner said, ah, you watch all the porn you want, I don't care. Would you be calling me? Half the men say no. No, I watch it once in a while. No problem, no impact. Then you're not my guy. Right, then you've got a sexual mismatch, a libido mismatch, an erotic, you know, how you, each of you in your relationship agree with whether or not this is something that's good or that's bad. There's more of a mismatch than it is, aha, you're an addiction, you're an addiction. So anyway, I know I threw a lot there at you guys, and um, I hope you found it helpful I want to answer one last question, and then wrap up. And we're going to come back, ladies. Uh, I want your feedback. Um, this is probably the bluntest I've been publicly. Um, but I, life is too short to suck. I don't know what else to say. And just from my own experience, when Michelle started focusing on her and started to believe that no one is going to bring her down, no one's going to rob her of being the best mother she can be, no one who's going to you know, hold her back and define themselves through my eyes, uh-uh, that's when things hit the fan for me. That's when I knew. Well, listen, I had I, I, I'd, I'd fallen to a very, very, very dark place. But when she checked out and that back and forth wasn't there, It was, it was, it was just uh, like, ooh, none of the manipulation was working anymore. As long as she was yelling and screaming, I didn't do this subconsciously. I'm not, you know, I mean, I I was very, very mean. But it wasn't an intentional, like, ooh, she reacts. No one wanted that. No one wanted that that yelling and the screaming. But when she stopped, (laughs) do, do whatever you want whatever you want. I don't care. Of course she cared. But she started to focus on her. So let me answer this last question because it is an easy one. If they can masturbate, this is from A. Allison asked this question. If they can masturbate without Viagra but can't have sex without Viagra, do they really have medical ED or is it porn and fantasy-induced ED? I am not a doctor. I cannot diagnose. If you're asking my opinion, the answer is... It's the porn! It's their... Let me me say this. The porn is always a symptom, ladies. The porn is never, ever, ever, ever the root cause. I have never worked with a client whose number one problem was sexual-related. Their number one problem has never been their sex addiction or their porn addiction. Their number one problem is that deep down inside, they hate themselves. They're addicted to their thoughts, they are inauthentic. They are lesser versions of themselves. They are not living up to their potential. There's a part of them that they absolutely low that is not good enough. And that manifests itself with the compulsive behavior. And this illustrates what you asked, Allison. The challenge is around intimacy. And there's a, I'll leave you with this three-layer model and we've talked about safety before i encourage you to go back and listen to my podcast on safety watch my youtube video on safety because it is so so important it's the most important thing that i do with couples the first thing i do with couples go go do that exercise save you a lot of money too it's expensive it's hard work it's intense but you can a lot of you can do this stuff on your own if you need help of course you guys know you can reach out we've got a great team here that's helping people so if, if you can watch porn and masturbate without Viagra and can't have sex without Viagra, well, then that suggests an intimacy disorder. That suggests a, um, uh, a sexual authenticity disorder. And by the way, removing the porn isn't often going to solve the problem exclusively. It may help. So that three-layer model is safety at the bottom, physical safety, emotional safety. Next is vulnerability, being vulnerable with your partner, physical vulnerability, emotional vulnerability. On the top of that three-layer cake is intimacy. Non-physical intimacy towards physical intimacy. So it is absolutely critical to restore that safety barrier. And in an intimate, committed relationship, that often means for most of us that we are aware of our sexual expression and it is moving towards each other. And we are sharing that with each other. There aren't any secrets around that with each other. But here's the reality. Here's the reality. There is an incredible opportunity in this crisis for each of you and you partners who are listening. Thank you so much, so much for your support, and thank you for listening. Focus on you. You create your own happiness. And and if you're able to, like a phoenix, rise from the ashes, the good news is, is it only works unless you're content to a relationship of mediocrity and malaise. And less than that, you create a better relationship where safety, vulnerability, and intimacy are things that you talk about. Openness, connection, sexual wants, desires, and drives become part of your vocabulary, become part of the dance that you do as a couple, and recognizing that while your needs may be different, one isn't wrong. One isn't wrong. I tell my guys, their partners stop doing these things that they like because you turned into an asshole. You did not provide safety in the relationship. You didn't make them feel loved, wanted, desired, sexy, please them, talk to them, and so oh, she doesn't like to do that anymore. What? So you just threw up your, you know, threw your cards up in the air and walked away from the table? Yeah, well, that's what some of you have done, men, and that's what some of you partners have done as well. So if you want to change your relationship, if you want to grow your relationship, then this is an incredible opportunity to do that because it's the only thing that's going to work. It's the only thing that's going to work. We've got so many other questions here, and I'm going to ask them going forward. I just want to thank you all for listening. And before we go, I just want to say I'm sorry if my language was crass, if if it was blunt if it was direct, and if it may have offended any of you today. I want you to know that I want you to be the best version of you, and that starts with you. And that starts with you. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Can't wait to be back next week. I'm really excited about next week's topic. I'm so excited. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I'm deciding between a couple of them. And I'm going to do that in the next couple of days. Um, And listen, brothers and partners, if your husband or fiance or boyfriend is struggling, there's no excuses. We've got an online program with four group coaching calls per week. 35 videos, the entire Mindful Habit system, the same system that I teach to my one-on-one clients at a cost of significance, significantly greater. We do intensive work on that one-on-one, and I wanted to make this program available. The coupon code in celebration of me being on Steve Harvey is Harvey. H-A-R-V-E-Y, that gives you the first month free at the mindfulhabit.com online group coaching program. I want you to check that out. Thank you all for your love and support. So grateful that you've joined me. Thank you for forgiving me if I touched a nerve, uh, but this was designed to at least gently uh, make you a little uncomfortable. Love you all. Thank you so much. Make it great. Peace and love.